Good morning and welcome to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations. Today we've got a juicy conversation lined up with Chris Avrilla, who is, oh, I don't know, she's the, she's the Vice President of Everything That Matters at Burson by Deloitte. Um, it, the, the, the real blurb says, Chris leads the HR technology and solution provider strategy and research practice for Burson. But Chris has been everywhere in the business, uh, from from recruiting to running internal HR tech projects at big companies. Um, she's one of the most well-rounded players in the space, and so it's going to be a fun romp today. How are you, Chris? I'm doing awesome, thank you. How are you, more importantly? I'm on top, I'm on top of the world and staying away from places <laughs> where you can catch the flu. Um, exactly. That's probably a smart call. Yeah, did you see that American Airlines canceled all flights to China? I did not see that. When did yeah. they they did that like today, today. yesterday? Yeah, oh, yeah wow. today. Uh, wow. yeah. Yeah. This is this is kind of a serious thing, I think. This That's, is a big I, deal. I've yeah. never I've never heard of anything like that. So 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 tell people who you are and why you're so special. Um, well, we're all special in our, <laughs> especially in oh, our right, own minds. There's, there's a trophy in this for you. <laughs> there, right, there is. Um, I, you know, I think, uh, the, the thing that makes, uh, me, me special is, is probably what you alluded to earlier. And it's just, um, I've worked in a lot of different ways and a lot of different places. And, and so, uh, you know, I just think it gives me my own unique perspective, but, um, I, uh, I have kind of been all over the place. Uh, my whole work history has been kind of a series of random twists and turns that seemingly makes no sense. But, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, I, I realized I, I was just solving problems, but I, I certainly started out kind of doing software engineering and, and uh, being an IT person, and and then um, you know as a doer and a leader, and same thing with an HR, right? I've done recruiting and sourcing and social engineering and and traditional, you know, other HR disciplines, usually all around talent though, and being kind of a doer and leader in in that, and ultimately just kind of married it all together. But been on the tech and HR and the product and the business side, and kind of utilize it and different ways around our, our function, but always trying to just drive change or transformation or innovation, whatever our word of the day is. But um, it really has been um, more about doing stuff like that versus like operational, true operational, just leadership, right? It's been usually around change. So that's, that's pretty interesting because I, I notice here in this um, lengthy blurb about how amazing you are that you have a master's degree with a concentration in AI. No um, master's. No, it was just a bachelor's. It was just a bachelor's oh, degree. Yeah. No, so, I'm, I'm so, like the least academic person out there. But still, but still, it's a long way from um, AI levels of tech to transformation and change management inside of HR. And uh, tell me about tell me about that. How does that work? Well, you know, I, I write a lot about this, you know, and I, I, in terms of just like, how do we accumulate experiences? And I think that's really kind of, um, you know, 
what that was for me versus kind of the, you know, climbing the ladder kind of thing. Or I, I love how we always talk about hierarchies and lines and boxes. Like that really was never as much important to me as it was just, you know, I love solving problems. Like that's what I've, you know, if you look through every bit of my career, it's really just been about that solving problems, but applying it in just a lot of interesting ways, interesting to me, right. You know, at a lot of interesting places and, and for a lot of interesting reasons. So curiosity has always been kind of a big driver for me. And I love the whole concept of, of what ifs and, and why not. And, and so, you know, when I was in school, you know, I started coding at the age of nine. I always loved tech and I always thought it was really cool, but, um, you know, I, I kind of would get bored with it. Cause I was like, what's the purpose? And, and, you know, back when I was in school, there was this, you know, big surge of, of AI. It was, you know, I'm dating myself cause it was like back in the eighties, but, um, everybody was talking about, you know, rule-based systems and, and, uh, you know, analytics and logic. And I, I realized like all of that data was stuff that just really, really, um, turned me on. Right. Like I was, I was really stoked by that. And so they had this, this program that was only being funded in like 10 schools at the time. And it was by IBM and, and, you know, it was in the form of what was relatively new back then, which was um, MIS. So it was kind of a, you know, computer science for business. Right. And so there was a purpose, there were problems to be solved. Clearly there was going to be a a never ending (laughs) host of problems to be solved. And, and so that was really kind of why I, I did that. I was fascinated by um, the logic and the purpose and, you know, what you could do with it. And uh, so it is kind of interesting 30 years later to, to start applying some of it. But, um, but I, uh, but that's what it was always about to me is what ifs and decision support and, you know, how do we think about things in a different way? And, and so it all, it all makes sense in hindsight, but it, it looks a little chaotic um, in how I got here, but that was, that so, was kind of the common thread. So, so, so here you are, you are this technical woman who has grown to become a consultant about the deployment of uh, technology in what what might be the leading role in the industry in that in that slot, you must have screwed up something along the way. Tell me a funny story about your career. Oh my God, I I have screwed up uh, a lot of things for sure. Um, I think you know when you try to stay on the edge of of stuff that people haven't done before, you you run into things a lot. So. Um, you know, I think one of the funniest stories, though, was actually how I became a consultant. Um, I literally got out of school and I was, you know, a junior software engineer. And and I, uh, you know, I was uh, probably about four or five years into my first job there. And um, I got pregnant. My husband um, who was working at the same company at the time, got transferred to the other side of the United States. And so I thought, well, I'll, um, you know, I will, I'll, I'll see if they'll let me work from home. You know, uh, this was like early nineties. Right. And, and they laughed and <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess, I guess that wasn't the best approach. And so um, I resigned and, uh, and they were like, well, wait, you can't do that. I was like, well, you guys just, 
you know, transfer my husband and I'm pregnant. Like I can't necessarily stay <laughs> and you won't do this. So, you know, I gotta, I gotta move on, but thanks. And, um, and, you know, there was really nobody to, to back up, you know, I, I hadn't done a very good job of documenting, you know, things and, you know, because it was always like we were constantly under fire. And so, um, they had to to bring me back as a as a consultant because they certainly weren't going to set any kind of precedence for remote working and to do that they had to pay me the going rate which was twice what i was making so i ended up you know like being out of a job and then all of a sudden like a day later coming back and uh at twice the money i got to work from home and and I was like, wow. And they were listening to me because they had to justify, you know, the cost of me and a consultant was born. So I, you know, I think my whole career has been a lot of stuff like that, right? Just, you know, just a little bit of luck being at the right place and, and just going, you know, just taking it. Okay. Whatever I've got to deal with, let's just do it. And, and so uh, I wish I could say there was a lot of uh, really, um, methodical thought, structured thought about how I got to where I am, but it really has been just a, a series of comedic turns and uh-ohs and, and all along the way that I learned from. So, so. so, so you're, you're a big muckety-muck in the Deloitte person universe. No. What, what do you, what do you really do? No, I am I am one analyst in a in a team of amazing analysts, but my specific um area is is really um and, and it's yet yet again kind of tackling a, a new role for for me. Um but uh, or at least from a new angle, but um I work for Burson, uh Deloitte Consulting and I lead two practices. One is around HR technology and the other one is for our solution providers in the HR tech space. Uh, both are uh, we have memberships in in both areas and I just do uh, a good bit of strategy and research and advisory and play industry analyst um, all around um, technology uh, for people who build it, sell it, consumers of it, all with the angle of how do we kind of utilize technology to actually get outcomes. Um, so it's not just a pure play all about tech, right? It's it's really more about how do we take a holistic look at everything we're trying to do, strategy, process, people, technology, to get kind of the outcomes that uh, that we're trying to do. So I spend a lot of time doing what, when, why, how uh, for all of our members and uh, and for Deloitte as well. So, so what are the big questions you're trying to answer? Oh boy. Um, you know, I tried to, um, answer first and foremost, just kind of what is coming, you know, trying to stay one to three plus years kind of in the future. And what should our members be thinking about, um, kind of the what's and why's. Um, and I think also with respect to, uh, technology and both audiences that I that I kind of serve is is really um, how do we how do we do all these things that we're hearing about and thinking about and talking about how do we use technology as a catalyst um, for the foundation of you know and again whatever word you want to use uh, du jour whether it's change transformation 
innovation, reinvention, um, but, you know, how do we work um, and how does work get done and how does that change with, you know, with this constant innovation and technology that's coming out all the time, um, but, you know, but for a purpose. So, so part of what you do is, is help people think about developing an HR tech strategy. Absolutely. How does a how does a company do that? Um, you know, it's uh, I, I, it's funny because I I <laughs> that was one of the big questions that uh, that I had to kind of set out to ask, and you know, one of the things that I did was do a um, a survey in the market around HR technology strategy because I had very strong opinions about how to do it. Um, and certainly had a lot of experience doing it, but I really wanted to find out how other people were doing it and seeing if there were other ways. Um, and, you know, came across a lot of really staggering information that I always suspected, but wasn't really sure. And that's that, you know, everybody defines tech strategy a different way. Some people think just having a picture of their environment um, is a strategy. You know, what am I going to buy tomorrow? What am I going to put in next time? Um, you know, implementation has become a strategy, right? We we kind of want technology to be this, you know, uh, easy button. And so uh, then I set upon um, a series of qualitative interviews because it was interesting to me. What I found was as I dug into the data, trying to find just some kind of evidence-based <laughs> backing on how, you know, there might be good ways to do a strategy, um, you know, what I found was, you know, people were really going out and just trying to do technology and get technology to solve a problem, and, and that implementation was kind of their, their focus, and that once we implemented, everything would be fine. So, um, you know, we found in our trends article or our trend study that um, there were a lot of people that had spent literally billions of dollars in HR tech and weren't getting the value out of it. Um, I think it was only 6% of our respondents in that massive survey said that, that they thought their, their tech was excellent in getting them the value that they wanted. Um, there was a, a little bit higher number that said they were satisfied, but what I found through qualitative interviews that we've been doing, trying to talk to those 6% or, or maybe the ones that were saying they were satisfied is there's a good bit of apathy um, and maybe even a little bit of, of jadedness about their technology. Nobody really expects much out of it anymore. So I built a, a framework that, uh, that answers a lot of that question, but um, that was kind of a long setup to just say, you know, it's, it's um, a lot about, you know, looking at, things from a strategic bent in terms of where do you want to be. Um, I'm always a big believer in start with what your target is, what your goal is, and then you kind of got to work backwards from that. Um, you've got to understand, you know, kind of business strategy, um, HR, your people strategy, and certainly your enterprise technology strategy. And how do you put all of that together to get to those targets, right? So if, if let's say it's experience or productivity or whatever it is, right? Um, that has to 
to be looked at. The other thing is is taking into consideration all of the organizational influences that you have, the cultures that you you know the culture that you work in, um, the leadership, um, how they operate. You can do innovation in a lot of different types of cultures, but it looks completely different in how you structure it. So giving people kind of a framework and guiding questions around how to think through all the organizational influences, the strategy, and then I think we're the big miss um, has been over the last probably 20 plus years is a lack of doing the, the kind of the process excellence and the focus on experience and, and, you know, looking at, at structures, but then also bringing in governance um, in a world where we're constantly changing. So much of our tech has been geared towards a very old way, a very old operating model of working. So how do we start to shift all of this? Um, so anyway, there's a framework around that, but it's really about, you know, at that point doing the work and trying to rethink um, how people work and how work gets done and how technology plays a, a role in that. Um, so like I said, we're, you know, we're building out a, a whole lot of tools and frameworks and guiding questions and resources to, to try to support that, that how. So. Wow. Wow, that's pretty pretty amazing. So when you think about all that, what's the role of AI in HR tech strategy? Um, well, I think it's it's really how we use any technology as a catalyst for that change, for that you know that transformation. So I think it's almost the other way around. What is what is uh, our strategy <laughs> in terms of how we utilize AI? Um, what is it we're trying to accomplish and and then what technologies can help us do that and how do we have to work with those technologies to get it done um, but I you know I look at that like I do the other you know uh, broad uh, umbrella of technologies that are that are out there is you know uh, you know again you know where are we today where are we trying to get to um, and and I think where a lot of people make mistakes is that they they think about what's desirable, right? The, you know, the the big picture and everybody wants the world. And then there's a reality, though, about what's actually feasible. Like, what can we actually build, right? Given our culture, given our constraints, given all these, you know, influences and strategies, what can we actually build? Um, what's realistic and and what's what's viable? What, you know, what can we profitably deliver on or at least justify the cost for in terms of the value that we get. Um, and then how do we, how do we go about it? You know, how do we work smart, not hard? And, and I think AI plays a, uh, you know, and all the technologies that fall under that, that umbrella of, you know, we've got my air quotes here around AI, but, you know, how do we use this and, and, and really any other technologies to, you know, to work, smarter, not harder, um, and and towards the goals that we're trying to accomplish. So, yeah, I think it's more about what, what role does strategy play in, in whatever tools we bring in. Well, that was a very long, complicated non-answer. Um, and so, so let me see if I can... <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I well, beg to differ. Well, well, well so... so um, you're talking about AI as if um, it was a mature product, right? And you're applying the kinds of standards to thinking about AI that are appropriate once 
the early adopter and visionary stage of things is done, but we're not there yet. We're not there yet, right? And so, so the 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 reasons for getting started in the early days of any technology are more about discovery than they are about return. And um, that may be a problem with adoption in the HR segment, but, but the way the technology in general matures is not by immediately being able to declare a return on investment, but by producing value in the hands of people who are more able to tolerate risk. Um, and, and so... So when I think about how you put AI in tech strategy, I think that the thing that you're doing is experimenting with the things that might be possible, right? Rather than um, knowing with some certainty that this is going to take you closer to a very specific set of outcomes. Um, and that's, I, I, uh, yeah, I don't disagree with that, but I, I, but what I think is that, um, you know, we're assuming that all this other technology out there is is adopted well or mature in its use as well. I mean, even in, you know, any software that you configure, I mean, you know, it could be wrought with, you know, ways to be leveraged better, done better, um, that will continue to mature and have to be tweaked. And I mean, you know, if I had a dime for every time I had to go in and, and, you know, whether it was bring in new tech or optimize old tech, uh, because it may not have been, you know, done with strategy in mind and, and an end in mind. Um, it could have been a lift and shift. Uh, but, you know, I kind of, I kind of look at um, technology, uh, you know, like that across the board. Uh, but I think to your point, you know, AI and what's different about AI um, is, you know, how that maturity happens. Um, and, you know, the, the thing that makes it probably, you know, um, a little scary for, you know, for a lot of people is that they really truly don't understand how it works. And they spend a lot of time, you know, building out some tools and resources to help people understand so that they know what they're dipping their toe in and being prepared to do it um, in a way that still gets them towards their outcome. But, you know, I, AI or, or cloud or, or whatever, people aren't getting an ROI out of it immediately. Um, so, I, well, you know, you that's, you that's know, I not guess, for me I guess to I, even say. Yeah, yeah I, guess I, I guess I think that AI is at an earlier stage and that and that the issues are different. And there's this thing that you were they alluding are. to um, where knowing what it does, that's, that's exactly how you bought technology before AI. But the problem right. with AI is there is an inverse relationship between explainability yeah. and effectiveness, right? Yeah. So the, the easier it is to explain, the crummier the output. <laughs> and, and, yes. And, Agreed. Uh, and, Agreed. Right. Which is why education right. is so huge, right? You know, before embarking on this technology, it's not a reason not to do it. It's a reason to be even more focused and clear and intentional um, about what you're trying to do and what you're going to have to do to bring that tech along and not just the tech, right? Um, whether it's 
um, you know, ethical issues or, you know, how do we, you know, start to think about, you know, that explainability, you know, to your point, um, everything, you know, it's, it is going to be very, very different for people. Um, and, and education is going to be key. So this is, this is a great question for you because uh, th- thanks for um, uh, the grace with which you responded back a couple of minutes ago. But th- so here's a, here's a question. Um, I think that the use of AI might be likened to going fishing, right? And so when you go fishing, you, you, you get the bait and the hook and the pole and the line and you sit on the edge of the stream. Um, and then while you can be very methodical about it, there's a great deal of hope associated with fishing, right? Um, yeah. Um, right? And, but why do you go fish? You go fish because... Um, if you go and do that long enough, you can feed yourself, right? And it's got a productive outcome, um, but it may not look productive in the moment. And that's what innovation and exploration really looks like anywhere is this deep curiosity that might be a rabbit hole that you didn't really want to go down to after all. What's the role of that kind of work? in in a company's HR tech strategy? You know, I think the best answer to that, you know, and I kind of built this, you know, in the framework, so you're not going to want to hear the structured approach by which I would probably do that. Uh, no, but, no, no, that's, uh, yeah. yeah. I think, um, you know, for, uh, f- you know, for me, and when I, you know, I spend a lot of time on the edge of stuff like that, but, um, I'm pretty methodical in how I do it. You know, I use a structured approach in that, um, you know, again, what what is it we're trying to accomplish? And, you know, I mean, and it really at the heart of it is kind of design thinking, right? You know, understanding what, you know, what it is you're trying to do, figuring out um, what, uh, you know, what people's journey is around that. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of kind of um, capturing data and and looking at what it is we're trying to accomplish and what the journey would be to get there. And then, you know, taking a defined problem and kind of coming up with a solution. And there's not always the same path for everybody, right? But if you use a structured approach to solving a complex problem um, and you do it in a very focused and intentional way where you're not trying to boil the ocean, um, I think that's about the only way that you can do it. There's no, I mean, there's no best practice here. There's no, you know, defined recipe for success. There's no, every organization is going to be different. All the things that they have to look at in terms of, you know, what's their data, you know, what, you know, what are their processes? How do they make decisions? What happens when, you know, somebody or something could get negatively impact and how do you build, you know, build that in um, that whole concept of, you know, what do you want versus what's buildable and what's viable? Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that, that, you know, and again, I'm using my air quotes around AI. There's a lot of ground that can be covered and a lot of ways that things can go wrong. Um, and there's a lot of ways that things can ultimately go right. You know, you can solve for whatever your problem is, and then the value proposition is going to change, you know, but I don't care if it's cloud, if it's AI or any of these big, you know, buckets that we're, we're talking about is, you know, 
the one thing that people have to get ready for is that there's a constant set of change and the problems will continue to shift and evolve and you won't know what's coming. It's like your example with being in the, the boat and fishing. Um, you know, you can have all the proper technique, but the boat can turn over, the rains can come in, um, you know, what, you know, what's going to come, what is that next set of issues and how are you structured and ready to deal with, with all of those things. And so, Education is key. I think a structured methodology about how you go about innovating or solving a complex problem um, is key. And that willingness to, you know, to to be in that rocking boat while you're trying to fish um, is... This, this has been such a great conversation. This has been such a great conversation. I wish we had time to do this for another hour or so because we're, we're sort of just getting started. Um, Let's let's do this again very soon. Absolutely. Would you take a moment and reintroduce yourself and tell people how to get a hold of you? Absolutely. Uh, Chris Hevrilla. Um, I run HR technology and our solution provider practice at Burson Deloitte Consulting. Um, I can be found on the Deloitte site. There's a profile page that has every way to contact me. Um, so if you Google Burson and Hevrilla profile or you can reach out to me on Twitter at Havrilla, uh, so just at my last name, and uh, and then there's a host of ways we can uh, find to connect, either on LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, by that old-fashioned phone thing, email, whatever. Thanks, Chris. It's been it's been great talking with you this morning. You've been listening to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations, and we've been talking with Chris Havrilla, who is the head of HR and HR technology strategy at Versus by Deloitte. Thanks very much for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye now. 